Welcome to this week's episode of the People Podcast. Are you in human resources, recruiting professionally, or an entrepreneur growing a team? This is the podcast for you. We are going to bring you all of the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to take your workforce to the next level. Implementing the tips and know-how will enable you to create and keep a world-class workforce. Here is your host, Jesse Tinsley. Awesome. So I'm really excited today. We have Shannon Pritchett from editor at SourceCon joining the podcast. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us and uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, likewise. It's been a, a long time in the making and glad we finally got to connect. So just to start off to, to discuss with our viewers, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, how you got into recruiting and staffing, and we can kind of go forward from there. Well, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, but I live in Dallas, Texas. I am your current editor of SourceCon, uh, the online publication, so SourceCon.com. So obviously we focus on sourcing, um, but also all things TA related. So recruiting, branding, marketing, you name it. But I got my started uh, start recruiting actually as a swim coach. I was, I was a swim coach for Vanderbilt University, and uh, I, I like the coaching piece, and I really like the recruiting piece. And I decided to focus on the professional side, and I got contacted by a recruiting agency who was recruiting for an agency that recruits for clients or as we know, like a third-party agency. But at the time, I was still confused. I went on the interview anyways and got the job, fell in love with the job, and um, I've been climbing that corporate ladder, so to speak, ever since. So like many of us, kind of fell into it by being recruited. Um, but uh, it's been a fun 10-plus years, and I absolutely love what I do over at SourceCon and getting to interact with so many different people across so many different industries. And it's been one hell of a ride so far. That's great. I've never heard of uh, a transition from swimming to recruiting and, and staffing. So that's quite uh, interesting. I think it's like one of the most eclectic right. fields in, in general, recruiting people from all walks of life, which is quite fascinating to hear everyone's story. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Welcome. So, so diving a little bit into like your expertise in, in the sourcing arena, what are some timeless sourcing best practices that you can think Absolutely. of that you yeah. recommend? We have an upcoming conference actually coming up in March, and the theme of the conference is lessons learned. And um, it's, it's going to be in Seattle. So sorry, save us plug, but um, you know, I wanted to focus on some of those like timeless best practices, as you just said, and because I hear about it a lot. And time and time again, we always come up with these predictions at the start of the year of things we want to improve upon, or certain things that you just don't see changed. I think one of the timeless pieces of advice, and this is one of the greatest lessons I've learned, is when we get a requisition, we, you know, we're pressed against time, especially if you're an agency recruiter. Or if you're a corporate recruiter, you know, you're trying to hit certain metrics or, or numbers, and we're only Unfortunately, that is one of the things that both drives our industry and kind of hinders it. Um, and I think recruiters and sourcers need to take a step back before they start sourcing or looking for candidates in general and really, really dive in and research the position that they are working on. And I, I work with a lot of senior recruiters that say, well, I know this position inside and out. I've been doing this stuff for 20 years. And it's, it's amazing how much you know information you will learn that will take your search in a different direction if you just take the time to research and there are so many cool websites and tools out there. You know, social media is obviously huge. So much information is online. There are so many different groups popping up that we can interact with and just kind of research more of the positions that we're working on. I think to better identify talent. And maybe that's in a proactive type role where you're starting to do that before the position opens. But, you know, you're always pressed against some 
some form of time, but I always found like if you, if you take your time to thoroughly research this position, especially before you meet with a hiring manager or if you're a sourcer meet with a recruiter, then you're likely to fill that position a little bit faster. It's just sometimes hard for people to let that go. show notes and, and outline those for anyone that's reading. But yeah, that's great. And, and where do you think like the future of sourcing is heading? I know there's a lot of talk of automation and AI and ML in the last couple of years and obviously in 2019. So where do you kind of see the future of sourcing heading? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, there's, when the AI 
clickbait article started hitting the market, right? And we're all going to be replaced by this team. Um, I think there was a little bit of panic and talk about things that get said over and over again, but we haven't quite seen yet. There is not currently one sourcing tool out there. Trust me, I would be the one that that would know that has fully automated sourcing. There's been some prototypes, there's been some success with using robots uh, and as a trial basis that have proven to find a candidate match for a position. But you're talking about like one or a company was you know, working with another one to see if their system would work. So I think in the future, we will start to use machines to better be able to find candidates. In the inter- intermediately, like what's happening now is we're starting to see tap-offs, which are doing a lot of great things for us, admin tasks, scheduling, right? There's so much administration, administrative tasks that many recruiters do on the daily basis that yeah. can be automated to save ourselves time to do such an experience and research, like I just said. And sourcing, too. We had a conference two years ago called We Control the Robots, and it was appropriately named after an AIC conference. And the overwhelming consensus was that recruiters and sourcers are generally excited for the age of automation. One, because they know it will help us do our jobs better, too. When I look at sourcing and I look at AI, I don't look at it as replacing the sourcer. I look at it as finding information that I was not able to find. You know, clearly you can't have a robot just do one job for everyone. There's always going to be someone behind that machine operating it, controlling it, and still doing the identification. So I think it's going to pave the way for more sourcers or at least the better sourcers in the future. Sure, some roles might get re- replaced, but the thought of something finding a bit of information that I was not able to see on my own is a tool that I want on my side, and I want to use on a daily basis. So I think that's uh, what's to come, hopefully, in the next five or six years. But my number one bit of advice for any recruiter out there is keep in mind that these machines are here, and if we don't want to be replaced by a robot, then we certainly can't act like a robot. So that's why it's so important for us to do things now that's going to make us unique and special and nothing that's a little bit robotic in nature, which can easily be replaced by a machine. Yeah, that's great, and I, I totally agree. We've seen the same thing empirically that AI is definitely not here yet. It's more of like an automation workflow for sourcing and everything else in between. And I think going back to your first point and the first question I asked you, which is really emphasizing like the candidate experience and making sure that that's world class and, and really working on like the human aspects of the recruiting process really make a huge difference, especially moving forward as more AI is introduced uh, into sourcing and whatnot. So oh, totally, especially if you're like an agency recruiter, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad, it's just, uh, people out there that are doing things so wrong that you could do the right things and make a lasting impression on a candidate in the marketplace. It's time that there was an example we put on SourceCon, um, a really cool article. It was called Making It Uncomfortably Personal, A Sourcer's Guide to Hyper-Personalization in uh, Cold Outreaches. And a guy named Mike, he's a recruiter in Oregon, wrote it, and he is just so clever with his responses. And he shared examples from some of the candidates that he uh, reached out to and it included like, okay, they like Scrabble, some even did their entire message like in Scrabble forward and there were very different outreach tactics where the candidate wasn't interested, something shared that outreach, like the initial outreach to their whole entire network was like, Oh my god, is this the best recruiter ever? You know, imagine yeah. that like you know, when you're 
in the market. And Mike doesn't have a huge brand behind him. He's just like a creative dude. So that's what uh, I, I think people need to get excited about and, you know, really try to differentiate yourself in the market. Yeah, that's, that's great. It kind of leads us to the next question, which is how do you see like companies staying ahead of the current shifts happening to sourcing? Sourcing, what would you see as like a competitive advantage for these companies as they're scaling? I think the number one thing that companies can do to stay competitive is to really join a community like SourceCon, for example. And this isn't really a plug for SourceCon because anyone can join a community for free. But it is constantly interacting with other people and sharing information. And I think that you can make yourself vulnerable and you can share what you're doing and some of the struggles and, you know, ideals that you want to learn. I think that you're going to be more receptive uh, to receive some of the advice on how other companies are, are doing various different products. A lot of companies also don't allow many recruiters and sourcers the time and the luxury to fail. And I think that's a huge mistake because every talented and good recruiter that I know, um, the big bloggers that are out there, the, the recruiters who are now, you know, executives within their organization, they, when you get around and listen to words of advice, they have solid advice that is just so good and it's so refreshing to hear. But they'll tell you how many times they failed along the way and some of the, the big mistakes that they've taken and the risk that they had to take to get there and the sacrifices that they have to make. And it would be nice for an organization to build that in. So kind of realizing, right, we're in the people business. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to need to experiment. So those are some of the things I think organizations need to do. The second big piece I think is so important is training. I am blown away by how many companies don't train their recruiters and sourcers. If it's not a free program that you write internally, or it could be like one of the SourceCon products, the SourceCon Academy, but there's a lot of other great training companies that are out there. I'm amazed at how many people just don't train the recruiters. And, and I'm someone who wasn't trained either, but eventually became a trainer because I was so frustrated with the process. But, I mean, I remember my first day, I just got the, they're like, here, Shannon, here's your passwords, scan your computer, here are your passwords for your job, our job boards and stuff like that, go, go to it. And that was it. So, you know, there was no LinkedIn training. Um, well, LinkedIn had just launched then, but <laughs> there's no LinkedIn training, there was no job board training, there was no social media training. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing like that yet. And so I think uh, it's really important for organizations to turn around and invest back into their people that they work with. Give them that flexible time. Give them some training dollars. There's, um, I, I know there's an agency out there called Vitamin T, and they're owned by Aplin. And they give all the recruiters something like $2,000 a year to spend on however they want, but it has to be for training. So that could be whether they go to a conference or they, they want. Some of it's online, some of it's in person, but their entire company has the resources and they get to choose how they want to spend it. And I think that is such a wonderful idea and a small investment. Now, this company has thousands of recruiters, so they probably spend millions on it. But, you know, imagine if you have a recruiting team of 10 people, say $20,000 just to get back to your staff. I think that goes a long way, and that's going to lead to way more than $20,000 in productivity. Totally agree. And I think it's one of the big things that the companies oftentimes forget or don't budget for, which is once you've hired a great team, a lot of people leave, like one of the top reasons people leave their current positions is because of lack of career progression and lack of training. And so I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Not only just make sure you have the best yeah. trained employees, but obviously for retention purposes, once you've hired them. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, that. you know, if you were trained by someone within, in your organization, 
sharing information, you created that environment where people are going to be more comfortable and learning from one another. You often in sense created a community within your own company. They're, to your point, going to be wanting to stick around a little bit more, right? They, they have that sense of responsibility to that community. They have that passion, right? They have a sense of belonging that's going to be so lasting, and that's going to be a lot more Costing than constantly having that person turn over. So I agree with what you said completely. Also, and what's like the best advice you could give to someone that's, that's looking for a job? We talked a lot of talk about automation of sourcing in general. I know a lot of algorithms are basically ranking candidates based off of different uh, criteria on the resumes or profiles. What's like your, your best advice for those people getting no, like noticed when they're applying, you know, one of a thousand applicants for a position, internal ATS? very, very good question, and I think the easiest way is literally to get to know the people within that organization. I'm always surprised, and definitely you're going to know what I'm talking about because you've been in the industry as long as I have. When you meet someone who's in the job market, you write, our, our gut instinct is to help that person. Your second cousin, your neighbor's neighbor, for example. Yes. And, yeah, immediately you're always like, what do you want to do, right? And you, you get some kind of an idea. Okay, well, what company would you like to work for? And it usually goes silent. Where I meet someone looking for a job that knows exactly what they want in their next role. Oh, I want to be a manager, and I want to work at this company, at this location, I want this salary, right? That's, I think people need to take a step back and look at the companies that are available and re be realistic, obviously. But, you know, recruiters, we don't help people find jobs. We help find candidates for companies. This is the opposite. So I think... You know, it would help to know exactly what you want. And the second piece is use tools and resources like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, if you have to, whatever your preference is, to engage and interact with those recruiters. And if you're working with people who are shy, introverted, I get it. But also, you know, that's going to be the biggest way to stand out is simply you shoot those notes back over to the recruiter. So the same search technically kind of works. I know lots of people, my husband works Southwest Airlines, and Southwest is a popular employer here in Dallas and in Nashville, where we last lived. And, you know, a lot of people wanted to get in on the ground and be a flight attendant with Southwest or a customer service or, you know, baggage handlers, basically the entry-level position. And I think I heard Southwest, every time they open up their flight attendant position, they get 10,000 hits a day. 10,000 hits a day. Working with somebody internally or, or going through the referral route or volunteering or doing internship at a company. It's definitely the best way to kind of get your foot in the door and ahead of the crowd of the rest of the applicants. Yeah. Awesome. And, and what's the best way for, for people to get involved with SourceCon if they want to learn more? 
conversation soon. jessetinsley.com where you can find more valuable resources to hire and keep the ultimate workforce that's jessetinsley.com enjoying this week's episode make sure not to miss the next episode hit subscribe to us on itunes stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts